there, you're listening to the Park Rush Podcast. This is a Think Park Podcast. I'm Tom, joining me as ever is Josh. Hello there. Guten Tag, wie geht's? Uh, sehr gut, danke. Um, and you? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> My wunderbar. mind went to Spanish, which is the cons- which is always the problem. Yeah, wunderbar. Unlike your Deutsch, uh, ja. which is sehr si. schrecklich. See, si. yeah, still cracking on with uh, the little German that I am able to do, uh, whilst we crack on with the last few remaining Euro Rush trip reports. That's right, everyone. The European theme park road trip that the Park Rush team went on earlier this year. We've been chipping away at the trip reports over the last few weeks. We're almost there. And today we've got part two of our Fantasialand trip reports. So last week we exclusively discussed the fantastical land of Rookburg, our time at the Charles Lindbergh Hotel, the food, the drink, the wonderful flying roller coaster, mm. everything that Rookburg had to offer, we discussed last week. So if you missed last week, then do go back and listen. There are vlogs as well and Twitter threads that you can find in the show notes. So loads and loads of stuff regarding Rookburg. But today it's the best of the rest. Basically, we're going to take you through the rest of Fantasia land, the highlights when it comes to the rides and the lands and the food and just the general atmosphere. Because Josh, I think it's fair to say that Fantasia land was one of the absolute highlights of the trip. For sure. Um, It's quite incredible how much they've packed into this park. Um, And there's some real highlights that uh, maybe if you don't get to go to Florida um, to see some of the highlights there, you can get similar experiences here, which, um, yeah, top draw. Yeah, definitely. I thought, you know, quote-unquote world-class attractions, the the US part, you know, the Disney and Universal parks, let's be clear, those are the ones where I think people would go to for those kinds of experiences generally, kind of like the world-class ride ratio is probably highest at parks at those parks no matter where yeah, you are in the world but for sure i thought fantasia land was was not far off that kind of ballpark like the hit rate was pretty damn good and you know beyond just fly which was the rookberg flying coaster which again go go and listen to our thoughts on that that's a phenomenal ride and probably our favorite at the park but there are lots of lots of good ones spread across the rest of fantasia land which we're going to talk about today and a good variety as well coasters water rides dark rides lots to discuss here yeah so as we have been doing for the most part with our trip reports we're using our twitter threads from the days at the park as a sort of guide to relive the days we did two days at fantasia land uh, it was bookended for the most part by rookberg so it's worth noting that our kind of arrival and the way we started our our respective days at the park were a little bit different than they would be if you were just turning up for a day off the street, uh, but not 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 massively different. And the good thing about Rookberg is that the way in and the way out both are off of the kind of main street equivalent. And this is where most people are going to be coming in if they're just coming for a day or whatever. So 
Main Street, Josh, I mean, this is probably the most traditional and uh, Germanic that Fantasialand gets. Like the rest of the park ranges from being inspired by completely different countries to far more sort of fantastical locations. This felt a bit more like, hey, you're just walking around what could be a sort of German village, a German town and lots of nice cafes and places to stop and eat and drink down here. It was... Uh, a pleasant atmosphere, all told. I think this would be a good start if you were coming in just for the day. Yeah, I think, you know, you get hit straight away by that double-decker carousel um, oh. and then it opens up behind into this, yeah, lovely uh, strasse with the, with the variety <laughs> of eateries, which, uh, yeah, had a really, you know, true European vibe about it. Yeah, the, the double-decker carousel... I hadn't seen one of those before. I don't know about you, but whilst we didn't ride it, I mean, visually, it's absolutely glorious. Like, it's a lovely centrepiece for Main Street. And I guess yeah. Main Street, I mean, there are two similarly beautiful flat rides at either end. You've got the double-decker carousel at the start, and then as you get to the end of the Main Street and it opens up into sort of more of a, a town square, if you like, you have the big uh, the big swinging... I don't know what the kind of official, uh, official name is for the kind of ride that's at the other end of the Main Street. Uh, uh, is, is it just a swing? Yeah, they call it a swing ride... It's like a... Uh, uh, yeah. Right, as specific as that. Yeah. Uh, it spins you around like a carousel, but you're on a seat uh, at like the end a of chain. chain. Yeah. It's like a swing, chain. like a chain swing. I, I I very much dislike these rides. I don't trust them. Oh, really? Yeah, it's the one <laughs> ride in, theme, in all of theme parks that I don't trust. Oh, wow. I feel like we're getting a real sort of deep look into a dark part of your psyche here. Like sort of you wake up in cold sweats occasionally thinking, ah, I've got a big swing. I've seen too many videos of these things going wrong. Oh, really? You haven't got haven't... some sort of childhood trauma flying off an actual playground swing, have you? Uh, no, thank God. Uh, ah. Yeah, but yeah, they, these all... They're a bit too high for my liking. Did you ever try and do a full 360 loop on a traditional playground swing? And did you achieve it? Uh, no and no. Right. I feel like that's a real urban legend, right? Like the kid who successfully managed to do a 360 on a swing and then flew off the seat and was never seen again. <laughs> yeah, sort of I think uh, it's like almost impossible because of how like physics works with the chains. Right. You have to almost, um, yeah, you have to have uh, solid bars for the uh, where the chains would be for it to, like, work, I think. Right, yeah. I guess that makes sense, although my performance in physics at school, I, I would suggest, does not give me any sort of authority to talk about this kind of thing. <laughs> so perhaps we should return to the Main Street Fantasia land. Uh, other than the two rides at the end, as I say, this is mainly... Uh, concerned with places for you to stop, have something to eat, nice coffee. There's a lovely, uh, there's a lovely pancake stand which looked like as well. It sold some absolutely brilliant milkshakes. There was a very posh-looking uh, bakery sort of cake shop which again looked like you could settle down for a really nice coffee, have a sandwich or something far more delectable and sweet uh, in the form of a, a big slab of cake or some nice mm. chocolate or something like that. Just lots of very indulgent things to stop and eat and 
I think if we hadn't been staying in Rookburg and been able to indulge to quite the degree that we did in there because we were staying on site and got a lot of the food included, I think I would definitely have indulged in Main Street. There was some really good looking stuff down here that I would like to have tried. Yeah, for sure. Very photogenic. The patisserie, some of the stuff in the patisserie uh, looked absolutely stunning. Yeah, definitely. You could definitely dedicate an Instagram account to some of the food uh, in Fantasyland as a whole, for sure, but perhaps even just the Main Street area. There is some truly excellent-looking stuff. Yeah. Uh, which, yeah, kind of boggled the mind, to be honest. Uh, down the end of the Main Street, as I say, we had the big swing ride. The other ride in the Main Street, uh, in the kind of town square area, which we did do. Uh, I mean, there, there's a there's a show as well, and there's a little like um, there's a couple uh, hall of, shows. of mirrors, like a sort of uh, that, that we did as well. The fun house, you know. the fun house, yeah, uh, which was which was okay. I think it was it was bigger than the one that was at Tripstrell, as you might expect. Yes. And that's, probably a bit a bit more themed. But that's Verukta Hotel Tartuf. Yeah, I, I mean, you didn't... I don't think you did quite as much of it as I did, Josh. Uh, you know, my size maybe made, made me better suited to <laughs> making the most of the funhouse. The slide, yes. for example. I, I went all in and did the slide at the end, which was excellent. It did look like uh, a good slide. Didn't get any weird looks at all, I'm sure. <laughs> Uh, I'm not quite sure, but the, the, the highlight for me in terms of the attractions up Main Street and then into the town square is uh, Mouse au Chocolat, mm. which, to be reductive, it is essentially Toy Story Midway Mania meets Ratatouille because yes. it's, it's Toy Story Midway Mania in that it, uh, you're going around on ride vehicles, stopping in front of various screens. Uh, you've got uh, a quote-unquote gun uh, at the front of your seat, but in this instance, it's like an icing squeezer. And you have loads of targets to shoot on the screen. Uh, so uh, it's set up very much like Midway Mania in that regard. You get scored per scene, if you like, and then you get your total score at the end and high scores for each car and you know daily high scores average scores they they track it all uh, but it's like ratatouille because you're going through sort of kitchens uh and a restaurant um rather than uh you know the uh, the kind of generic fun fair setting of of toy story midway mania so it's a nice blend of the two and I mean, I wasn't very good at it. It went on for such a long time that my arm was absolutely knackered by the end. It was very much a case of every time you thought, surely that's it now, there was another scene and yeah. some more shooting to be done. But yeah. you're, you're much better at these than, than I am, from what I can tell. Uh, yeah, I've, you know, I've had a lot of experience over the years uh, and you, know, you just have to go out there and perform, uh, <laughs> you know. Put a good shift in, and end of the day, it gets dark. Some people <laughs> lose, and some people win, and I'm a winner. What can I say? Yeah, I mean, the highlight for me, given that I did not perform particularly well, was the fact that it smelled absolutely incredible. Yes, it. it, it I mean, it smelled like a chocolate factory. It was 
a total delight. It really was. And the queue, I mean, the queue was extremely long, as in the, uh, not the wait time, uh, but the queue, like they, it's clearly built with, with long wait times in mind. So it's yeah. quite a long walk from the entrance to actually getting onto the ride. But I didn't mind because the smell extended throughout the queue. So it's uh, it's a it's a real delight. Like it it might be the best smelling queue beyond like ET. I mean ET is probably untouchable, forever untouchable, but this is up there. I mean it was is a damn good smelling ride <laughs> it, yes uh, yeah I have to yeah as cues go um, I'd happily have this as a as a room spray or a candle oh yeah and it was good too because it was very hot and so undoubtedly everyone absolutely stank of sweat <laughs> and and so the the overpowering scent of the chocolate kind of uh, hid that I think yeah, yeah which yeah. was much appreciated for sure so, yeah, Mouse House Chocolat, it's, it's, really good, it's really good fun. I enjoyed it. Probably the best ride of its type that we did across the trip. I don't think it's as sort of um, high-tech, if you like, as something like Midway Mania, like the quality of the screens and the 3D effects isn't anything to write home about necessarily. But mm. it's, it's pleasant enough and it works. And as I say, like the presentation from the smell to the theming of the queue is is really well done it's it's pleasant i would say yeah for uh, sure yeah uh i mean there's uh there's a roller coaster that i've got down here as being one of the first things that we did on day one at fantasia land this one's called Wingers, which is a spinning indoor coaster with two tracks one yes. dubbed fear and one dubbed force, force. and this was, I mean, I think one is meant to be more intense than the other. But for me, what was very striking is that they were both far more intense than you would have thought looking at them. Yeah. Uh, they they kind of it, they kind of barrel around the outskirts of this, uh, you know, kiddie ride, kiddie indoor ride, uh, which kind of sends you up and down in these little baskets, essentially uh, very tame. Uh, but this, when you actually get on it, 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 there's far more to it than you would have expected. It tilts, it goes backwards, it spins a hell of a lot. Uh, there are parts where it goes sideways. It's wild, and it's longer than it looks too. Um, yes, this is this caught me off guard, and I enjoyed it very much, Josh. Yeah, so they kind of got different gimmicks about them. So. Uh, mm. At first, they go up vertically in a lift section, which uh, was unexpected. Um, and then, as you say, they're spinning coasters, much like um, Crash's Coaster at uh, Euro Disney or uh, the, the Dragon Challenge Ride at um, Chessington, for example, or, or the Pimble Ride at uh, Alton Towers. Uh, but then they have a couple of gimmicks. So one of them sort of seesaws... Uh, forward, a bit of part of track you go on and then it seesaws down forward before going off again and then, and on the other one it seesaws uh, from left to right so you sort of fall sideways before continuing again um, and it, yeah it's added an element to rides that 
you know, I never expected to ever really feel. Um, and I thought, yeah, it was really good fun, actually. It was good. It is, it's definitely the highlight of this part of the park, which is the, uh, it, I mean, it's just literally called the fantasy area. It's kind of off to um, the left, sort of, when you get into the main square, as we discussed earlier, if you then come off to the left, yeah. uh, you will head through into this fantasy area, which is predominantly very child-friendly rides. There's there's a slide, there's uh, you know little swan boats that you can take out onto the lake. Um, there's a little choo-choo train that we went on, which offers some pleasant enough views, but is pretty short. It's called the Vermling Express. Uh, there's a VR coaster in this in this part of the park as well, which we did not do. Uh, mm. You know, I, I'm ge- generally a little averse to VR experiences in theme parks, but there is one here called Crazy Bats. Uh, and then the the ride that I mentioned, which uh, where, where you're in the baskets, which is in the same building as uh, as the the dueling spinning coasters, uh, that's called Tittle Tattle Tree. Uh, and yeah, there's a couple of other little flat rides in this same building. Uh, Verzel's Duck Washer, which I think it is best described as like a, a, a teacups on an even smaller scale, uh, I would say. But the, yeah. the highlight of this part of the park is definitely uh, Winger, as I say, one called Fear, one called Force, and both worth doing. I would say I, I would yeah. would definitely recommend that if you have the time. You, you loop through and do both. And it's it's one of those where you don't have to decide which one you're doing until quite late on in the queue. So mm. it, it's just one line for the most part and then it splits quite towards the end. So um, it, it, it doesn't change much how long you're waiting, you know, between the two. The wait time is going to be uh, pretty much the same. Yeah, for I sure. I would say. Uh, so we'll move on out of there. Uh, if we head to perhaps the Mexico part of the park, uh, where there is, yeah, why not? I mean, that's what I've got us down as having done next. Uh, and we'll talk about Chiapas de Vasaban, which oh. is uh, a log flume, uh, which I believe, is it is it the steepest log flume drop in Europe? Is that its kind of uh, USP here? Uh, yes. It might steepest, even be the world. Worldwide, it's, yes. Steepest is, is it the water world? ride worldwide. This is definitely one of the most popular rides in the park. The queues for this got pretty long. We mm. did it a couple of times, and on each occasion, the queue was was pretty decent. Um, you know, 45 minutes, I think, at, at a minimum. But it's yeah. quite a long ride as well, which Over know, six I think minutes. contributes... Yeah, and a couple of drops as well. Like it's not just the the headline fifty three degreeer. Uh, there are multiple um, drops and multiple opportunities for you to get quite wet. Uh, we came off pretty soaked both times, as yeah. uh, there's photographic evidence of that on the Twitter threads. Um, but it's a really photogenic ride. It's built really nicely into the Mexico area, especially the fifty three degree drop which much like Dudley do um, kind of comes back up and then into a kind of smaller 
um, smaller drop where actually the, the the majority of the splash occurs and mm. that is kind of right out in the middle of the Mexico area so there's a good amount of energy around there you'll have people kind of stopping and queuing up for food and drinks and things like that or just milling around and trying to get to other places all the while you have this log flume every few moments just zoom in right past you you know so uh, it's it's really nicely laid out, I think. I, one of the criticisms of Fantasyland is that some of the lands can be a little bit confusing to navigate, and that is true. Um, but I think the flip side of that is that it makes all of the lands feel quite dynamic and yeah. not, like, super predictable. And because they aren't set out in quite such a linear fashion... Yeah, for sure. It's a, it's it is a little bit confusing a lot of the time, but this one uh, was probably the best signposted area, um, and there was only a couple of ways you could go, so it was a lot clearer. Um, yeah, and yeah, uh, and like some of the best music from the trip as well on on this ride as well. Yes, definitely. There's a fantastic uh, Fantasyland album. I believe it is on Spotify. And the Chiapas music is, yeah, like you say, it's right up there. It's it's really, really good and worth adding to your playlists. Um, Mexico, beyond Chiapas, as I say, there's, there's places to eat and there's places to drink. A lot of the kind of fare that you would expect. You can get your nachos, you can get your... Tacos, there was a slushy stand, I seem to remember. There was a hot yeah. dog stand. Plenty going on. Uh, but none of that would I suggest indulging in immediately before going on the other ride in oh. the Mexico part of the park, which is called Talacan, uh, which is a top spin ride. We spoke about one of these previously uh, in the movie park trip report, uh, but this one is on another level. Um, again, I think like themat- like theming wise, aesthetics, it's really well done. Uh, there's a fantastic um, sort of monolith in the centre which just shoots fire out every few minutes. Um, so again, a very photogenic ride. You can take some really nice shots of this one. But my goodness me, I don't think I've ever felt so discombobulated and, and, and never have I had such an out-of-body experience as I did riding Talacan. I mean, it felt like a torture device and yet <laughs> I couldn't help but kind of want to do it again on day two, which we did because it was just so unlike anything else. And without wanting to uh, lower the tone, I called are. this thing the ball crusher with good reason. Um, you want to be very careful about quite how tightly you uh, pull your restraint down. I would say. And also, I would also advise maybe if you can, if you have the room, trying to position yourself, whether that's just by scooting your bum over slightly or just kind of turning your hips a little bit, just so that your your sensitive parts (laughs) are not right in the centre of the seat because there is this little bit that just juts out a little bit of the restraint that that goes over your lap which if you're not careful when you are being tossed around upside down all over the place um, that 
that is in a very precarious position um, so far as your sensitive parts are, and and you you do want to be careful. Uh, uh, you know, this is. Um, I think this is probably the closest I've got to feeling like Daniel Craig in Casino Royale, where I was simultaneously in great pain, but also laughing my head off the entire time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, if, uh, you know, I c- can never have kids, I'm going to put it down to this ride. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. That'll be a conversation to have with your future wife. Yeah, yeah. Right. We keep trying. What do you think the problem is? Well... Uh, I mean, back in 2022. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, I mean, I, th- I mean, I don't know, Josh, it's probably worth it, right? It's a pretty good ride. It's pretty good. It's, it's definitely it? the best top spin that I've done. It, it's, it's something else. I mean, I, I, I couldn't quite believe when I, when, when it ended that I'd actually done it. And, and I also, <laughs> I couldn't believe even more that there was part of me that wanted to, straight away do it again yeah like, right it, it it's uh it's crazy it really is i think it just speaks to kind of you know what theme parks could do to a person you know you you look at some rides on paper and then with your own eyes and think there's no way that really is fit for human uh <laughs> enjoyment like no th- that is not something a human should really put themselves through and yet people do it and and they end up in some sadistic way enjoying it and wanting to do it again. And uh, no ride had ca- has captured that sensation uh, quite like Talacan for me, um, possibly ever. Like even roller coasters, when they are at their most insane, I would put Velocicoaster into that category, for example, as a ride where when you get off it, you just feel all over the place and you know can't think straight and wonder what just happened but can't help but want to do it again but talacan is just on another level like the sort of physical response i had to it was <laughs> maybe unlike <laughs> anything else honestly it was just, just uh, unreal yeah i think the only ride that comes close to that feeling for me is uh actually smiler at Alton Towers, just because of oh, how yeah. like scrambling that ride is and uh, I, I love the way it's in like the, the Talacan is in this bowl where people in the in the queue are just watching you. Oh um, yeah, it's so cool. Yeah, there's a good. The queue is is perfectly situated for people to have second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth thoughts as they're standing there thinking, "Do do I want to do this? This seems like an unwise thing to be doing." <laughs> yeah, um, but then you know before you know it it's time and it and time. you're in you're in the seat wondering what you're doing with your life <laughs> there we are uh yeah uh not much else to report from mexico so let's um let's move on to some there, some there is rides. a nice ice skating show there but again we didn't see that odd um, place for an ice skating show if you ask me but there we go oh and there is also a, a drop tower in mexico which we also didn't do called tikal which is not like uh, of a level of a of a Doctor Doom. I mean, there's another drop tower of sorts in this park, which would um, kind of hold itself up as being the uh, the big boy drop tower, if you like. This is uh, you know pretty 
kid friendly. I'd say it's not dissimilar to the one in Jungala at Bush Gardens, if people know that one. It's right by the uh, the runaway train roller coaster, which I must admit it's a little unclear. Um, because I've got the map up as well, and it's a little unclear what part of the park that's actually in, which I guess speaks to the slightly confusing yeah. way in Ten- which this park is laid out, as we said earlier, that even looking at the map, it's a bit unclear. Is that meant to be part of Mexico, yeah. or is that a different part of the park, or is that completely standalone? Technically, the uh, coaster is in Mexico, but the queue is not. The, the start of the no. queue is definitely not in Mexico, but the ride is officially in Mexico. Right. Okay. All right. Well, nothing quite sums up as well the confusion, the confusing layout of Fantasyland. The, the fact that there is a runaway mine train coaster in Mexico called Colorado Adventure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but given that it is in Mexico, perhaps we'll talk about that one first. Then. Uh, I really like this one, Josh. Again, I think this mm. is uh, this is a coaster which is more than meets the eye. Um, I think this is maybe one of the coasters across the whole trip where I felt closest to just toppling out of the side. Um, because again, it, it, you know, the the seating, the the lap bars, there is there nothing you won't have seen on something like a, a flying unicorn or a barnstormer or a woody woodpecker, like a very child friendly roller coaster. But the speed at which this travels. Um, is 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 well in advance of 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 a coaster like that and i it does feel like yeah it's absolutely pushing the limits of the kind of ride that it is i would say it's uh i think it's the kind of combination of the indoor and there's uh there's indoor parts and there's also the outdoor parts and how it wraps around certain elements and there's some ride interactions with the uh lift hill of uh chiapas um, yeah, I thought it, it was it was really good fun. Yeah, there was an extended section in the dark as well where you just can't see what's happening. And again, you know, I mean, the fact that you can't brace for for certain manoeuvres uh, adds to the kind of feeling that you could perhaps topple out of the side. Yeah. So I also seem to remember some near misses with a tree. Uh, you know, I think if you'd been a bit taller than you, you might have just had your face whacked by some leaves. Yeah, I was a bit apprehensive at points to uh, have my hands up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, always good when that happens. Yeah. There's very few rides that give me that uh, fear. Uh, this was one This was one of them at points. Uh, yeah. The rest of that list includes the Woody at Movie Park Germany, where uh, there was hell no I put my hands up on that thing, uh, no. and Space Mountain at uh, Disney. Oh, yes, of course. Uh, right, well, from Mexico, you could kind of go south, I guess, and head into Africa, or you can head northwards into the uh, Chinatown. Uh, I keep I keep almost saying pavilion, uh, but I, I don't think that's how they actually class them. Uh, so let, let's do Africa, because here we've got, uh, again, we've got two, two rides, one of which is new, and so we haven't done it, but this is a, a kind of an adventure trail. I'm getting a sort of Tom Sawyer Island vibes from this, so... Uh, that might be something that's uh, worth checking out if you're if you're going to Fantasia uh, Fantasia Land uh, post this particular podcast. Uh, but oh, the, the ride this. that was there when when we uh, attended was Black Mamba, which uh, I I described in the Twitter thread, Josh, as a Montu kind of ride with a Kumba kind of vibe. <laughs> what a line! Is is a jungle themed? 
very loud, roaring steel coaster uh, like Kumba, but it is uh, inverted like Montu. Uh, and yes. it's great. And I think it is a ride that benefits hugely from you being at the front. Uh, we did it on day one, just sort of nestled halfway down, and it was good. I enjoyed it. But at the front, you have a way better appreciation for quite how many near misses there are and there are several occasions where it looks like you are just barreling straight towards a rock face or a tree and then pull up right at the last second or what feels like the last possible second and that makes it way more enjoyable i thought yeah i think uh you know we also tried the back which generally i recommend for these inverted coasters much like you know nemesis and nemesis inferno and etc etc um but actually uh this for the very first time uh i think the inferior position on this one front row is definitely where you want to be and if you if you head there towards the start of the day based on our experience anyway um the queues are are pretty short and we Mm. were able to do it twice back to back at the start of day two so um i think that speaks volumes and it's it's a good coaster for sure for sure guess then if we so you would then head back up through mexico past the colorado adventure and then you'd, you'd be heading up into chinatown aforementioned yep. chinatown um this is mostly a place to to eat and drink and be merry there is uh, uh the restaurant manchu which is uh uh, looked pretty gr- grand, pretty impressive. Um, there's a pagoda as well, uh, set like a shop set within a pagoda, which which was quite nice. I had a little look around there. And one of the other hotels as well, I should have said as well, by the way, one of the other hotels that is actually within the theme park. There's one in Africa um, and then the other one, obviously there's one in Rookburg where we went and then the other one is in the Chinatown area. I was just going to say, so it's Hotel Matamba in Africa and Hotel... Ling Bao in uh, the Chinatown area. Yeah, and they look similarly fantastically themed as the Rookberg one, but I think are probably more friendly to those who are coming as families. Just bigger rooms, more variety yeah. in terms of sizes of rooms. Full-size beds, that's double beds, that sort of thing. But so far as attractions in Chinatown... Uh, just the two, um, they're both indoor sort of dark ride attractions. There's the Geister Rickshaw, uh, which is a ghost train. Uh, I didn't think this was great. I mean, the standard for dark rides and sort of ghost train, haunted mansion-esque attractions, um, certainly at Europa Park, was pretty high. Yeah. So I thought this one was a little bit lacking. Um, I didn't think the storytelling was particularly well done, just the way certain scenes were kind of framed. I didn't find it particularly immersive, like you could kind of... You could see the seams, I think it's fair to say, and the set dressing, the the few animatronics that there were, they were pretty bare bones and quite lacking, I think, compared to the very best that this genre of ride has to offer. Uh, Yes, I think it was, it felt like a bit of a mess. Uh, I think it's, you know, um, a kind of classic of the park now. Uh, mm. You know, kind of like a haunted mansion at, at Disney or whatever, but yeah, it, it's definitely feeling its age. I think 
Um, I think that probably the coolest thing is that it's underground. You actually del- delve into the underground of the of the park, which is quite an quite a cool novel thing. But you know, the actual you know it, scenes aren't great for sure. Um, it is an omni mover, to be clear as well. So you know, like your haunted mansion, yeah, like a doom uh, buggy. Again, lacking, I think, compared to that, and certainly as well to some of the the dark rides that we saw at Europa Park. Mm. Uh, and then the other attraction in Chinatown is uh, Fengju Palace, which is one of these sort of spinning room attractions. Yeah. A um, madhouse, they call them. Is it? Is that what they're called? Is it? Yes. So, I'd never done one of these, and then ended up doing, I think, three over the course of the road trip at various parks. Uh, yeah, and uh, you know, they didn't move me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I still think the uh, best one is uh, Alton Towers that I've been on. It's the same ride, but I think the storytelling is better. Um, it's been a while yeah. since I've done it, but yeah. The fact that they, they work in a actual local legend uh, at Alton Towers, I think, really builds that one. Uh, yeah, this one was fine. Yeah, nothing to write home about. I, I think the Chinatown area is probably the weakest it looks fantastic but i think it's the weakest in terms of attractions yeah but it's a beautiful it's a beautiful part of the park there's no doubt about that um so yeah don't write it off but i think it's probably something that most would just use as a bit of a thoroughfare maybe maybe stop for refreshments uh but I, i i wouldn't I wouldn't make a make a run for any of these rides or either of these rides for sure, and, and you don't really need to because they're not busy. No, 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 and, and with good reason. Yeah, uh, the mystery area of the park, however, has some absolute bangers. Oh yeah, I, I think it's fair to say. So there are four rides in here. Count them four, and they're all pretty good in their own way. Um, well, we'll talk about Taron last because I think that is the um, the undisputed king of of the mystery area and probably the best ride in the park outside Rookburg. So we'll yeah. talk Mystery Tower first, which is very boringly named. It has <laughs> to be said. It's such a weird uh, ride, like on the face yeah. of it, like looking up at it, and you don't really understand what it is uh, until you actually go in. I mean, this can uh, essentially be boiled down to Doctor Doom in the dark, right? It's a drop tower in the dark. It's not like Tower of yeah. Terror, where you know you're in a you're in a lift shaft. Um, this is uh, kind of rows of, of very long rows of seats, um, which are up against the four walls of the tower, the four inner walls of the tower Uh, yes so uh, the mighty tower rises to the sky and gives an idea of what dark secrets these castle walls hide here the greedy noble family of Windhoven entered into a pact with evil and only your courage can banish the curse face the dark forces and dare the rapid fall into the depths goosebumps guaranteed well uh, you should do the uh, CBB's bedtime story Josh yeah (laughs) Because it's indoors and because you've got, row, quite, as I say, long rows of people up against every wall, um, the, the screaming that goes on is amplified to the nth degree. It's very loud and echoey in there. It's also extremely dark once the ride actually begins, uh, bar some 
pretty effective sort of lightning bolt effects, I would say. Almost think of it like the way Frankenstein's monster is brought to life. That's kind of the um, the sort of atmosphere, I think. Yeah, that's more uh, the vibe I got from this ride, to be honest. I think that probably the queue was probably at the limit of wide queue for this ride. Um, maybe maybe it was a bit too long for that, but uh, yeah. We then did, uh, or then we we'll we then have uh, Rake. Um, well, <coughs> Josh, you take this one. Oh, okay. Uh, so Rake is a family boomerang coaster, so much like the um, the ride at Tripstraw that we did, where it goes kind of out and back again. Uh, it's described on their website uh, like a pendulum. Rake swings through Klugheim's dark canyons, there and back and always with pure riding fun. Whiz through the middle of the mysterious themed world in Klugheim's time machine and experience that exciting tingling sensation when the family boomerang takes a rapid turn. Great fun, not only for the little ones. Um, and yes, that's quite quite correct. So you kind of go backwards a bit and then it uh, launches you through uh, the coaster and you kind of wrap around kind of some cavey areas and up and under uh, walkways and that sort of thing and you get to the end uh, and then you do the whole thing in reverse again and uh, yeah I think this was another really good ride um, quite uh, good fun uh, not a massively long queue um, it is technically the child ride the, you know the kiddie ride in the land but it wasn't a kiddie ride at all it was uh, very much uh, fun for the whole family, as they say. Was it better or worse than the Tripstraw one? That's uh, kind of the question you have to ask, I think. Uh, no, I thought the Tripstraw one was better okay. than this. Yeah? Yeah. Do, do you disagree? Uh, I think if you were to take them as standalones, I think I preferred this one. But Ooh. actually the interactions of the one at Tripstraw makes that ride better. Yeah, was it Voldamp at Tripstrill, I think, was that yes. one? And then you had Hal's Uberkopf, right, yes. <clears throat> right next door. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, I think you're right. You almost take those as a pair. And, yeah, I think I prefer Voldamp to, to Rake. Yeah. But I think it's, you um, know, again, it's, it's well-themed and, and, and works really well in this uh, land. I absolutely coughed my throat into submission there, Josh. It's quite <laughs> extraordinary. I think, I, like part, like the second half of this podcast, I sound like a different person. <laughs> That's why you, know, you sort of had a cold for a week and then suddenly talk a lot for an hour, and you've, it's probably not the best idea. Yeah, you, you now sound like the um, the knight from the Last Crusade. Yeah, I need to drink from the cup of Christ because <laughs> the, the night nurse isn't doing it clearly. <laughs> clearly, yeah. What did you think of the River Quest, River Rapids ride? Yeah, I think you know, I really like this ride. This is one of my uh, favourite rapid rides now, actually. Um, I'm a big fan of rapid rides. Uh, and this is probably... This might be, uh, might be my second favourite now, uh, after uh, Popeye being number one. Uh, yeah, this was really cool. It had some really interesting elements that I really liked. Um, had a had a lift section. It's the first time I've ever done a lift on one of these. Mm. I think there's one at the Sea World Orlando raft ride now. Uh, yeah, Infinity Falls. Yes, but this one has a almost 
Tower of Terror esque lift system. So there's two lifts. Uh, I think actually no, there's three lifts. So you can go in in any of them. Like it depends on which one is available. Uh, and then at the top, they all flow back into the one channel again. So it's, yeah. it's three lifts back into one channel, which is really cool. Um, had a, at the top of this thing had a really really cool swirl pull, you know, swirl pull whirl pull effect, uh, mm-hmm. and and some really uh, good drops that got you absolutely soaking wet. And uh, once again, I got absolutely drenched. You did, you did wetter than on Chiapas, I think. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to stand uh, for a little bit in the sun just to dry <laughs> off before walking. Yeah. Uh, and that brings us then to Taran, the final ride in the Fancy Land, and I guess the final ride that we have to talk about for Fantasia Land. Yes. Uh, this is a, a multi launch coaster. Now, when Hagrid's motorbike, what do you call it, was <laughs> when we were waiting for news on that before it opened, I think yeah. some there was some scuttlebutt going around. I seem to remember in the reporting of the ride from. Orlando Park Stop specifically, where a point of reference was Taron at Fantasialand. <laughs> well, you take it again. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think you're right there. Um, and I guess that makes sense from what, obviously I haven't been on Hagrid's, um, but this very much feels like it would be that, you know, a similar sort of thing. And again, the spiel, the spiel goes like this. It says, uh, so twisted so fast, so in the middle of it all, Taron catapults you into a ride experience that is unique in the world. Race up close through imposing rock massives, whiz through houses and gorges at high speed, and feel the perfect unity of coaster and theme world when Taron becomes the pulse of Klugheim, adrenaline rush included. And I think, you know, the way it talks about itself... Uh, is absolutely on the money. It really whips you around uh, and it's, it gets some real pace going. The launches are incredible um, and the way it whips you over the uh, rooftops of some of these buildings uh, and like kind of pulls up uh, next to some of the higher walkways and that sort of thing. It's really quite impressive. Uh, gets some really great shots from all over the park. Uh, and you can even see it from our hotel over the rooftops of uh, of the park, which is kind of cool. I don't think I've ever experienced before, and uh, was yeah, it was really good fun. It was pretty. It was pretty good. Oh wow. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, it's interesting that you can see it. You're right. You can see a little bit of it from the hotel that we stayed in, but generally speaking, it's it keeps very low to the ground, which again is very comparable to Hagrid yeah in that way but it's excellent it's really good I, I think it's by far the best coaster in the park that isn't fly <laughs> uh, yes so, yeah I think you're right but did get the biggest queues by an absolute country mile and the wait time predictions for this one are kind of all out of whack uh, they are they were invariably longer than 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 advertised every time we did it yeah, and they were really long as well. Like, yeah. frustratingly long. Like, if it's a long queue when you get there and it could very easily be north of an hour as the advertised wait, let alone the actual wait. Yeah. But suck it up and do it because it's a damn good ride. And like I say, I think it's it's absolutely the best 
coaster in the park outside the Rookberg area and look some might might see it as the very best it definitely seems to be the most popular so yeah I think so um, it, you know weirdly more popular than Fly even though I think yeah. as, as we say Fly is a superior well, not superior in, you know but we think it's the best ride there yeah I think so I think so uh, I think that's going to do it, Josh. I mean, there is a little bit of food reviewing uh, to witness in the Twitter threads, if you so choose. I had some strawberries, some fresh mm. strawberries, which I think were better than the movie park strawberries. Yeah, they did look And we good. also, we ate too many churros. We had a oh, lot of God, churros. Yes. My, uh, my NFL fantasy football team is named uh, Chiapas Churros after those churros. They, they are good churros, but... I think the issue was that when I got served, yeah. they had they were almost at the end of that batch. So yeah. they basically gave me everything that was left because there weren't enough left even for a minimum order for the next person in line. Yeah. But they were probably only one short of the minimum. So <laughs> I ended up with about 16 churros, I think. Yeah, we basically got two batches worth. It was... Um, yeah, very generous of them. We, we got good value out of that churro purchase, but I'm still working it off every time I go for a walk. Right, it's one more churro down. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it. That's Fantasialand. Uh, a fantastic theme park. Especially for the uh, amount of space that they have. They've done a really great job of it. Yeah, would you say this is of a level where you would go to this part of the world f- to do Fantasialand? I think, you know, just to put it into context, for example, you know, clearly there are, you know, people who would travel to Florida specifically for the theme parks. Yeah. There are people who would travel, I think, to um, to Rust, specifically to do Europa Park. I think it's that good, as we'll get to. Yeah. Uh, you know, Trips Drill, um, a park we really enjoyed. Would we necessarily go out of our way to like dedicate a trip to Germany to do trips drill. I, I'm not sure. I think that was maybe falls into the category of if you're in the neighborhood, it's a great day out. Yeah. What about Fantasialand for you? Where does that fall? Fantasialand is tough because uh, it is quite a small park. So I feel like if you went, you'd feel maybe a little disappointed with the size of it. You know, there's a, there's a lot of great stuff there. It is quite small. It's quite quick to walk around and, uh, that sort of thing. So you could feel disappointed. I think it's actually not that far. We we kind of went a roundabout way, but it's actually not that far from uh, Efteling as well. So you could probably do, you know, both of those. It's probably like an hour and a half to Efteling, so not that far at all. So yeah, I think doing both of those would be uh, m- maybe on the cards. As I said at the top, in terms of kind of the hit rate for rides here, it's pretty close to the best of the best. Yeah. There's some really good stuff. High quality rides, especially on the roller coaster front. It's it's very, very good. And it's a it's a really really good looking park. Like the the lands are really well themed and it's it's kind of a joy to to just take it all in. Although it, it can because of the way it's laid out, a lot of pretty tight walkways. Um, it can feel very busy and I think it's actually one of those parks that probably feels busier than it actually is because of the way it's laid out it, it feels quite compact yeah especially the sort of walkway 
where the food items are, like the churros, that sort of... It's in a weird spot. Like, it looks over in, into the main square of Berlin. Mm. That was uh, kind of the main uh, quick service food area. There's, a you know, pizza and, and sweets and that sort of thing. Uh, that section was very busy to walk through. Absolutely. But by and large, it's uh, it's a park that's well worth putting on your bucket list, I would say. Uh, yeah, definitely. And that's going to do it. I mean... I, I would like to go back one day, but for now, that is it for Park Rush's coverage of Fantasia and an excellent theme park. And when we come back next week, it's time to move on to Europa Park, uh, which will again be a two part trip report to bring the European road trip episodes to an end. Um, I'm going to start coughing again, Josh. Do you want to see us out? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, God, yeah, it's been so long since I've done the outro on one of these things that I can't even remember what we usually say. Uh, yeah, uh, I guess if you have any thoughts uh, or opinions or you've been to the park and want to let us know what you thought of it, uh, you can email us podcast at parkrush.com. Uh, you can find us on Instagram and TikTok and YouTube, uh, or you can find the vlogs. Um, uh, at links.parkrush.com uh, we're on Patreon so if you feel like you're getting uh, value for money uh, something that you'd like to pay for uh, or help us out in any way uh, you don't have to but we would love you to if you uh, are that way inclined obviously uh, costs of living crisis so no one's expecting anything from anyone uh, you can do that uh, at patreon.parkrush.com uh, we're on Twitter I think I didn't say that but yeah we've been talking about Twitter all the way through uh, at Park Crush Podcast um, Tom usually does this and uh, I, I kind of zone out I think I think that I think that'll do it Josh we're, yeah. we're, we're done and we're done we'll be, we'll be back next week goodbye goodbye see ya see ya